This is Pastor Mike from Jordan Lutheran Church, and you're about to hear one of our Sunday morning messages. At Jordan, we're passionate about learning from the Bible and pray that this message makes an impact in your life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you got your Bible, grab it out. We're going in, and we're going in quick. So let's go to Mark chapter 4, uh, verse 41. I want to step us right into this picture to know what's happening, but we're going kind of into the middle, and actually for us, the end, uh, sometimes the end tells us a lot more so we can go from the end and see what is happening. Mark 4, verse 41. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? See, the question of the disciples is our question this morning. Who then is this? Now, some of you have been to church before. You've sat there and you said, well, Pastor, I heard you speak a few times before. I'm kind of aware, I think. Well, the disciples were kind of aware, they thought. Their question, who is this? They were following Jesus. They were listening. But did you catch the front of verse 41, do you see probably the challenging part to it? What's the front of that verse say? Yeah, they're filled with great fear. These are the disciples that are following Jesus, listening, seemingly engaged all the time. And as this concludes the gospel reading, you've got the end of the reading and the people are what? Shaking in their boots. Now, most of you who come to church aren't looking for a church Sunday morning experience that when you walk out, you're doing this. I mean, if you're looking around kind of with fear in your eyes at the end of the church service, you're going, I'm not sure if that one went quite right. That felt different. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another. Don't you like that as well? I mean, they talked to Jesus, but rather than address him again, we're kind of scared. Who do they talk to? Each other. I mean, why talk to the person directly, right? When we can start rumors, let's just do the rumor thing. That's always better, right? And this is when you found out, wow, the disciples were shaped like me. They don't always go to the Lord in prayer or go to the person who's teaching or actually talk directly. They bring it up to someone else because that's always easier. Let's make it right, but it's always easier. You guys have never made a triangle, right? You've never brought someone else in who had nothing to do with your problem just because it was easier? You've never done that. Some of you are like, man, 8 o'clock. How did you know I did that this morning? Golly. Convicted so quickly. Well, verse 37, we're going to kind of unpack and and stay right there. I'm going to leave 41 up, but I just want to set in for you where we're headed. So we have to backtrack and start to look, how does all this happen? Well, the windstorm arises. This is how it starts for them. How do they get to the pier? Storm arises. Waves are breaking into the boat. Boat's already filling. But he's in the stern, asleep on a cushion. They're in a boat. Water's filling the boat actively. How many people love boats? All right. How many of you have recently been on a boat? How many of you have recently been on a boat with water coming into it? Yeah, okay, a couple, yeah. There's a story behind that, Tom, I'm certain of. Uh, My wife and I, when we're on our honeymoon, uh, went out and we thought we'd go sailing. It's going to be great. We'll go sailing. We learned what Germans look like when they're puking. 
because a storm came up as we're on this nice, like, 35-foot yacht with lots of people we don't know. And we just discovered that people that get seasick hold on to the center mast and just kind of let it go. This is what we learned. We did not sail much, but we, we put the sail up, I think maybe a foot, maybe a foot and a half. And he's like, we're lowering the sail and we will now motor back in. We're like, this is not exactly the picturesque journey that we thought. Well, the disciples probably have some opinions about the picturesque journey that they're on too. As water's coming in the boat and there's no German on their boat who's actually vomiting, there's the teacher sleeping. This would have been a very different picture. I would have been like, wow, the Germans were just sitting there asleep on the boat. No, Jesus is asleep. And they got questions for Jesus. They have big questions for him. Verse 38 and 39, they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? This is a happy thought. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke. <laughs> it's a great morning revelry, isn't it? Reminds me of camping when I did not realize I had camped too close to the trailhead. And my friend who saw that I had camped too close and saw the park ranger and heard the vehicle did not wake me. So instead, I had slept outside of the tent and I'm sleeping in my sleeping bag and I heard this morning revelry. Park ranger, wake up. I had a different turn of my stomach. You don't really want to see a park ranger over top of you when you're sitting there. Do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, and then the verse says, he rebuked the wind and to the sea and said, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there's great calm. Lots of things are happening right here. First off, the boat's filling up with water. Jesus is asleep. They want to know where is he because he seems to be distant. The teacher doesn't seem to be engaged in their lives. He's not there, or at least he's not there what? Actively, I mean, he's kind of there. You guys ever been somewhere physically but not there in spirit? Anyone willing to admit it? Some of you are like, right now, Pastor, I'm living that. Thank you. you I, I connect with that. Like, I'm here, but I'm not here. But now that, I, now that you've told me that, I'm here again. So good. I've reengaged. He awoke, and look at this. When they raise the question, he wakes up and does what? Everything they asked. Everything. They were afraid he was distant. They were afraid he was away, and he actually comes and says, peace. You guys ever yell at a storm before? I've watched my kids do it. Uh, they're not fans of lightning and thunder. Lots of kids don't like that. It's crazy how quick a kid learns that song. Rain, rain, go away, come back another day. And the kids add other verses. You know, lightning, lightning, go away. And then Helen gets into an argument about, well, technically you can't have lightning without thunder, thunder without lightning. And they go back and forth as to which way that argument actually goes. And I just let them have it. It's fun. But as we sit and see it, Jesus actually addresses their question. Do you not care that we are perishing? But he doesn't actually address their question, does he? He just does something. He just fixes it. They ask a question, and he fixes it. Peace. He brings peace. Be still. The waters are still. But think about your own life and the challenges that you have. 
think about how right now in your life there is something going on that you wonder, is Jesus there? Is this God that I supposedly sing to, pray to, rejoice about, and talk to on Sundays, and my pastor tells me is there, is he really, really there? Or is he just distant? Paul talks about this as he writes to the church in Galatia. He writes from Antioch. Paul, when he first is going, spends lots of time in Antioch before he goes out on his first missionary journey. And he writes this to the Galatians in chapter 4. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law to redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons at the right time, at the fullness of time. Jesus didn't come at a different time in history. It's now a recorded moment. That's when it happened. And Paul tells us the fullness of time. Now, for the disciples, think back to the boat and water's coming in. When did they want Jesus awake and fixing it? Before the water, I guarantee you. Like, if they got to choose, it was before water was coming in the boat. Like, in hindsight, they'd be like, oh, no, we knew you were there all the time. I mean, we do that as humans, right? Oh, yeah, we knew. Like, we knew. If you had to fill in the disciple who probably would have said we knew, it would have been who? Simon Peter, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jesus, I knew that. I knew that. I had built three booths for you on the shore because I was so, you know, I was so sure that this was going to happen. You and Moses and Elijah, you know, we, we were all going to set there. Remember, Peter's always spouting off to set things. But as we look here to this text, fullness of time in Jesus' timing, in God's timing, is when the answer comes. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it is not your timing. You may be living right now with water coming in your boat. And you may be asking, where is Jesus? Because my boat's got water. And you're like, well, the disciples didn't fully understand who Jesus was, but I do. (laughs) I've read the scripture. I know where he is, and I want him in my boat doing the stuff. This is the catch, right? I want him in my boat doing the stuff I want, the way I want it, how I would do it. And that's where we start to hit into the wall. So they woke him. And they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care? Galatians 4 tells us Jesus is born at the fullness of time. It's an astounding question. Do you not care that we're perishing? They've lost sight of the fact that he cared so much that he actually, in the fullness of time, is born into time that Jesus for decades had been growing in a human existence, limiting his divine power and glory so he might come to that moment to be set for them. And they, I mean, let's step a little bit. They have the audacity to ask, do you not care? He doesn't rebuke them for that. He doesn't yell at them for that. I mean, that's not what they need. But just think about that as you know the full story. They're asking, do you not care that we're perishing? He's going, you have no idea. I care so much that you're perishing. I humbled myself and was born of the Virgin Mary. And I know I'll be crucified under Pontius Pilate. You don't know that yet. Because right now, all you're worried about is this boat. You're just worried about water. There's bigger issues. But right now, water's your issue. And I'll tend to it. I'm here. And I'm actually in the boat. And I'll tend to your worry. But I'm tending to bigger ones, too. And I'm tending to them at the exact same hour that I'm tending to this water issue in your boat. Though you wanted it to happen 10 minutes earlier, 
though you thought I was what? Asleep on the job. Many people in this room have probably thought that at times in your life God has been asleep on the job. I assure you he is not asleep, but he is on the job. I assure you the Lord has not forgotten you. He is doing everything he needs to, and he has such big eyes that a pause for you may actually be salvation for others. This is what we're told in 2 Peter. You know why Christ didn't come last night? There wasn't time, and there's more people to save. And praise the Lord, if he comes at 1 o'clock this afternoon, I'm all for it. But if he comes 50 years from now, 1,000 years from now, I'm all for it. Because God's got bigger eyes, and he knows how big the catch will be. The catch will be exactly what he needs at just the right time. But we've got to remember, he's in the boat. They thought he was asleep. They thought he had forgotten. No, he was just waiting for the right time. And they were filled with great fear and said to each other, Who then is this even the wind and the sea obey him? See, it changes when you change from God as someone I just sing about to God as someone who can actually make water do stuff. He can make you feel good when you sing, you know, God is great, grace is sufficient, ancient words. I love these songs, I do. But when you start to realize that the God I'm singing about could actually, if he desired, make water stand up and rest and allow people to walk through dry land, entire nations, and release those waters and wipe out an entire military, that's the God we sing to. You see, that's a different picture than just a God who hugs me. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you don't just need a God that hugs you. You need a God who's fighting for you every single day and planning and preparing and working. And that is exactly what the disciples encounter, a God who knows every single step of the way for what is going to happen. Did you catch the question that Jesus asked, though, in verse 40? He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Have you still no faith? See, doubt and fear arises in lives, and it happens in an instant. Could be the death of your spouse. Could be the death of a relationship. Could be family strife, job concern, relationship struggle, finding your place in the world, the inability to help someone because they won't let you. You don't have the words to say. Or we'll make it a little closer. Maybe you overslept. <laughs> and you can't seem to make it up to the person that you overslept because you had promised them you'd be right where you needed to be. Jesus' question hits right at the heart of the human experience. Why are you so afraid? This room is filled with people who have fears. I don't know where you are on the fear spectrum, but I know there's fears in this room. I know it. And you need to hear this morning that you have a God who's in the boat. You have a God who says, I refuse to leave you alone. I have given you my word incarnate. In the fullness of time, I was born into humanity so that you could touch and see that the Lord is good. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we receive his body and his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. When you hear and gather around a sermon, it's not so you might have a nifty illustration. The truth is, pastors do really bad when the illustration is what you walk with. Did you know that? Like when it comes to evaluating sermons, I mean this. Like they teach us this. If you walk out the illustrations of the one that you carried, terrible sermon. 
good sermon if illustration has you carry what home? Christ. Because the person who's in the boat isn't the illustration. The person who's in the boat with you is Jesus. And as we walk through this world, we have young men and women who this week are getting in the boat of other people. And they're going to have a chance to be hands and feet to people in crisis, people in concern. I've talked to some of the adults and others who've traveled. It's fascinating. Some of the adults, adults will have different conversations than the kids. They've talked to principals at the schools that they're caring for and find out what it means for the youth to be there. Those who do the VBS working with the kids in Crossnore, that residential home, have a chance to see children who are aching and who really just want a high five from someone who sees them as someone smiling. Sometimes in life, we don't want someone to sit down and say, tell me all of your problems. We just want someone who's willing to look at us and say, have fun. Be excited. Be glad. But be glad in the Lord because he's got you, and he's got you in the boat. They're filled with great fear, but into that fear, Jesus speaks. Into that storm of your life, Jesus was born in the fullness of time. And he comes in and he says to you, and to your strife, and to your concern, when you thought he was asleep, peace, be still. The wind ceased, and there was great calm. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. We're glad you've connected with us online, and look forward to the opportunity to see you in person. On behalf of everyone at Jordan, we hope you will join us as we gather in worship of our Savior, Jesus Christ, every Sunday morning at 930 at Beaver Creek Cinemas, in the peak of good living, Apex, North Carolina.